0: gentlemen i'm elio he's ben this is the pnc aggression wrestling podcast we are back with the elimination chamber post results show and uh, ben how's it going
1: not bad man i see you moved your glasses into position that means we are good to go <laughs> right yeah. here on a special edition <laughs> of a pay-per-view
0: podcast Yes, sir. And we got quite a lineup for you. It's uh, one of our condensed versions, but here we go. We're going to be running through the Elimination Chamber Monday Night Raw. Then we're going to take a trip to Ben's Homework Corner and we're going to take a look at two events we have. The October 17th, 1983 Mass Square Garden Show and WCW Super Brawl 3 featuring the White Castle of Fear Sting versus Vader in a strap match.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it should be mentioned that uh, Super Brawl was actually a product of our first ever fr- fan request on the show. So, we're going we're gonna to cover this one. I bl- the the guy's name was Nick, and he's from New Haven, Michigan. So if you're listening, uh, I think you'll enjoy this one.
0: Absolutely. All right. So let me see we get into the show here. Absolutely. All right. The Elimination Chamber, Sunday, February 21st. From the critically acclaimed award-winning Thunderdome, I'm still
1: not sure what award they won. <laughs> you, you you know what i i I highly doubt that, I highly doubt they want anything just, it's
0: just so stupid that they don't keep saying that
1: but, I mean just for shits and giggles <laughs> just for shits and giggles I'd be interested to look that up just to see you know what company was you know you know what'm I'm, I'm actually
0: gonna google that right now. I'm curious to see what the hell award
1: the Thunderdome won. Yeah, I, because unless it was the ultimate ass-kissing award on behalf of uh, someone to WWE, I don't know.
0: What award did WWE Thunderdome win? What award did WWE Thunderdome win? Let's take a look. Here we go. WWE Thunderdome wins the Sportel Award. WWE's Public Relations announced today. Now this was this is dated October 30th of
1: 2020,
0: okay? Award. WWE's public relations announced today that the company has received top honors for virtual fan experience at this year's Sportel Awards an international competition recognizing excellence in sports video presentation.
1: Did they just make that up for the purpose of of giving WWE an award? What? I have never. uh,
0: Apparently, Sportel Awards, um, their Twitter handle is At Sportell underscore awards,
2: Um, I've never um, heard of this.
0: Wow, (laughs) man, we 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 uncovered a mystery, we solved the mystery of what the hell of awards WWW
1: actually (laughs) won. Yeah, (laughs) like he got the
0: PNC percussion wrestling podcast,
1: and and despite PNC
0: exclusive,
1: exactly. (laughs) and despite our uh, groundbreaking <laughs> announcement, I, I still fail. I'm still failing to be impressed. <laughs> <All> right. <geez.
0: laughs> okay, so <laughs> the elimination chamber, what were, you, what were your thoughts on uh, this pay-per-view? Well, uh, on the 5-5 uh, five, five star rating, what would you give it? Uh, t- 2... Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, get into this card here. Yeah, so I know you don't watch the kickoff show, I'll want to take that one. We had John Morrison defeating Elias Mustafa Ali in Rick a fatal four-week. The winner gets placed into the United States Championship match later in the show. See, and but- but Elias, see, hold on. Elias. Uh, now, the commentator said that this is Elias's first run at a major championship. I guess uh, they forgot about his twenty-four-seven title.
1: Well, well, nobody really considers the twenty-four-seven title to be to be major. And if if they do, they can kiss my ass.
0: Wait, what else did he? Do? He, did, he never won any other championship, did he? I
1: don't think so. Hmm.
0: Okay, all right. Okay, so they give this match six minutes and fifty eight seconds. And you know what? Ricochet, I like Mustafa Ali and Elias, and um, the right thing, right person one, John Morrison uh, was a good choice.
1: But okay, but here's here's my here's my problem. First of all, okay. Um none of these men have done anything whatsoever uh to, to earn a United States championship opportunity. Well,
0: see here's here's what I think. I think because uh they had to pull keep Lee out of the match they just uh did a last minute thing. So I, I I I
1: get what you're saying though. But but that's the that's the thing, right? So Part part of me believe, believe me. I'm not going to be an asshole all the way here. That's not what I'm trying to do. I understand that they were in a tight spot. Um, but but the th- but the thing is, when when you have a situation like that, you got to be able to think on the fly and think like who who has been in competition for the United States title because the only competition that we've seen for the United States uh, or involving the United States champion, championship for months has been Bobby Lashley versus Matt Riddle. So if he's the number one contender, well, who, who could possibly be another one because you haven't built up anybody else in your mid-card uh because quite frankly the way that you present your mid-card titles are as irrelevant and and as much as i hate saying that because i don't think any title should be irrelevant you know i think any title that's not the the either the wwe or universal championship has been rendered irrelevant in uh, wwe so and then my my other problem is, you know, you, you got you got Elias, who has been, you know, just absolutely um, irrelevant. I mean, all four of these guys have been irrelevant, with the exception of Mustafa Ali, and I, I will – I will respectfully disagree with you about Mustafa Ali. I actually really like him a lot. And
0: No, no, I didn't say I didn't like him.
1: Did I say? But you said like, eh, so, but. Oh, yeah,
0: okay. No, yeah, but I'm saying I I didn't say I didn't like him. I said, eh. Like in to put in this map,
1: oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, you okay, yeah. so you weren't addressing Mustafa Ali directly, no, 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 because yeah, I was no. gonna say I really like him
0: because I, I really think we need to see Kofi and
1: Mustafa Aline that sit and be the end of it that. Was, exactly. So it's just I understand why they, why they had to, you know, come up with something on the fly here, but you know, when there's no reasoning behind what you're doing other than the fact you're in a tight spot, that's uh, that's not really um, an excuse in my book because, you know, you already had to take one match off of this card on, the, on what would have been the main card with Lana and uh, Charlotte Flair, so what so Why would you need to put a, uh, a match on the pre-show? I think I, I think I actually would have been more forgiving if this was not another example of a championship match being put on the pre-show. If this was, if this was on the main card and the women's uh, tag team match was taken off of the main card and put on the pre-show i wouldn't have had a problem with it outside outside of the of the first bit of logic that i offered um but yeah given given current storylines i think uh john morrison was the only logical choice but Mm -hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna convince me that uh that uh John Morrison stands a chance in hell in in a match involving uh, Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle. I mean, come on. Give me a break.
0: All right, then we had our first Eden Nation Chamber, the SmackDown side. We had Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, and Sami Zayn in this match. Had got thirty four minutes and seven seconds. Daniel Bryan winning the Elimination Chamber, but, and get it, and getting an, uh, an opportunity against Roman Reigns at the cha- for the championship.
1: Okay, but th- there's a, there's a massive caveat here, and this is where I get pissed off. Uh-oh. uh Oh, r- a rant warning, and I'm being quite serious. This is this is not ha ha jokey jokey paha. This is real. Um, mm-hmm. This match, in and of itself, the chamber match, was very well executed. I liked
0: it. I, I I found this one to be really.
1: But then that once Cesaro got eliminated, uh. Yeah. Then my then my interest went to Kaprizov. Yeah. Because, like I said, I wanted Cesaro to win, but I expected Kevin Owens to win uh, because um, because I knew that that Roman was going to be defending the title right after the right after the cell. So I, I figured that or right after I, I'm sorry I said cell. I'm in chamber. Um, I actually
0: thought he was going to defend it like later on in the night, like on the show. I didn't expect it to be like right after.
1: Oh no, no, I did because it, they actually made a point of, of mentioning that uh, uh, on the on the kickoff. Um, okay. no, like several times on RAW or uh, you know the throughout the week.
0: Oh, okay, all right.
1: Shows yeah. how much I was paying attention, how interested I was. <laughs> Or I shouldn't say I shouldn't say on Raw, but on SmackDown. Oh, okay. But but here but here's the other, the other thing, right? So, um, when you have when you have this situation come down to Jay Uso and Daniel Bryan, that's awesome. Storyline makes perfect sense. It it goes back to everything that I've been talking about and why I want Reigns versus Bryan at WrestleMania. So when it came down to to these two guys, I'm like, okay, this could you know, th- this could be something. This is where WrestleMania needs to go. And then when and then when Brian won it and then here comes Roman Reigns, you could just feel the electricity and the excitement in the building. Not not for the actual match, Right now, because he, we both knew that um, you know, Daniel Bryan was a sitting duck, um, pretty much. Now he he did uh, catch him in the yes lock and almost got him to tap out, but outside of that one flurry, nobody nobody in the right mind would have expected Daniel Bryan to overcome Roman Reigns uh, after just going through it, what was a hellacious and very well executed elimination chamber match. Um but but here's the thing. So I got excited because to me it's like they captured lightning in a bottle because it's like this is the perfect way to set up Daniel Bryan versus um you know Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. You know, the storyline tells itself going back to two thousand fifteen and the, and the Royal Rumble, and even if you want to push it back to 2014, um, you you can do that because that's how far this uh, this rivalry goes back. Because if you want to, if you really want to get analytical about it, um, Roman Roman Reigns had the fans turn on him after he won the Royal Rumble, and Daniel Bryan didn't. That was like the beginning of the downfall of Roman Reigns in terms of WWE trying to shove him down our throats for six years. You know, and I, I think it tells you something, when The Rock gets in the ring and raises his hand, and not even The Rock, of all people, can save Roman Reigns in that, in that situation. So I, I thought that um, that would have been a perfect continuation of that story, and I was I was so excited and all that other stuff, and then here comes Edge to hit the sphere, and, and my my hopes and dreams were dashed, and we went we went down the rabbit hole of nonsensical bullshit. Now now before I get too much further into my explanation here, um, I I should say. I have been a huge proponent of, of Edge throughout my fandom of WWE. But th- throughout this entire uh, WrestleMania season, even going back to the first time we did our fantasy booking of WrestleMania 37, I said the, on- the only logical opponent for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania would be Daniel Bryan. Because at the time... Uh, you know, everybody thought that Edge was going to come back and, and, and face Randy Orton at WrestleMania 37. I, I think that was pretty much the universal expectation. Um, and uh, <clears throat> not, that, not that I wanted to see another match in the trilogy, but it, it, it made sense. But but then, as we're getting closer to this, and as the Elimination Chamber situation is unfolding, I'm I'm getting more and more pissed, because if you think about it, Edge is in a no-win situation here, regardless of what happens at WrestleMania 37. Because, you know, one... I don't think anybody in their right mind believes or wants Edge to beat Roman Reigns, not with the current uh, run that he's been on as a heel, because uh, this is Roman Reigns' best work of his career. He gets better, you know, every time we see him. This is what he should have been the entire time since he got out of the shield, if this is what he was capable of as a heel. Um, but, but the the thing ultimately that bothers me about Edge being the opponent is, um, you know, one, Edge doesn't get his redemption story. You know, he came back at, at, you know, the Royal Rumble last year and he had that one, uh, big moment with the fans and, and things like that, but he, he was scheduled to, um, to be at, um, you know, to have his big return to me in front of the fans, and then obviously the world went to shit. Um, and so, so now, fast forward to this year, and you have Roman Reigns in the position that he's in, you know, you, you, can't, you can't have a, a, a 40-some-year-old Hall of Famer as much as I love Edge, you can't have a part timer beat Roman Reigns right now. So so not only does Edge not get his redemption, but you are you're kind of going against the entire storyline that you you have built your yourself this entire time because you know Edge pitched uh, working with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania rather than finishing off his feud with um, Randy Randy Orton. Um, so, like like I said, you, you can't you can't have Edge win so he doesn't get his redemption, and and he and ultimately he gets buried by um, Roman Reigns. So so if you had him, let's just say hypothetically, you had you had Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns on the SmackDown side, and you have Edge versus Drew McIntyre um, at, uh, on the Raw side at, at WrestleMania, and those are your two main events. Well, to, to me, that's perfect because, one, you get the storytelling aspect out of Reigns versus Bryan. Obviously, Bryan's not going to win. You know, I don't, I don't think Reigns can lose until they build somebody up to his level, and unless they start moving their ass, I don't see that happening by the end of the year. I I just don't, knowing how WWE storytelling is going these days. So, you, ha- you have that, and then over on the, um, over on the Raw side, you have Edge versus Drew McIntyre. Um, you know, And, and one, it, it wouldn't hurt Drew, Drew McIntyre if he was still WWE champion going into WrestleMania, which we'll discuss a, a little bit later on because we got plenty on, on, on that. Um, but the, the fact that you have now taken the belt off of Drew McIntyre and, and Edge is in the situation he's in, that's just a that's just a lose lose situation, and and you have you in in effect they might not have intended to do this, but they've buried um, two two massive talents in Edge and and uh, Drew McIntyre as it relates to uh, WrestleMania. So it's just I I honestly uh, don't understand this the uh, strategy there. And if you're telling me that the storyline is going to be Spear versus Spear because that's what you wanted it to be at WrestleMania 36 with Goldberg,
2: Uh-oh.
1: and Edge and Ed just happens to have the Spear as his finisher, and that's why you're doing it, fuck you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. And uh,
0: they actually gave this match a minute and 32 seconds.
1: Which, uh, which, of course, that's what it was going to be. Yeah. But, but did you, I mean, the sense of excitement when, when Daniel Bryan was in the ring and he had the yes lock on, I mean, that was palpable, even with no fucking fans in the building. You know, the WWE just runs itself around in circles when it comes to storytelling that is so illogical and, and bullshit. And bullshits, you know, it's just kind of like, what are you doing? It's right there for your taking. But no, now we have The Miz as the fucking, you know, champion, which we'll get into later on. So the, the, the bookends of this pay-per-view in terms of endings of the first match and last match. Oh boy, you got yourself a problem on your motherfucking hands. All right, and in
0: the fourth match of the night, we had, well, cause I'm going uh, downward, I counted uh, the free kickoff show as number one listed here. So the okay, so fourth match is for the United States Championship. It's a triple threat. Bobby Lashley versus Matt Riddle versus John Morrison. Riddle getting the win here and now is the new United States champion.
1: And, and given, given how the night ended, I'm not surprised, but given the fact that I didn't see this coming as the United States Championship uh, match was unfolding, I was surprised because, um, you know, uh, Lashley has been murdering uh, Matt Riddle, and Matt, and Matt Riddle has been made to look like a joke. So I didn't, uh, I didn't see him capturing the title right now. At all, and they gave this one eight minutes and fifty
0: four seconds.
1: Yeah, my my predictions for the elimination chamber did not get off to a very good start, did they?
0: Well, before we go on, uh let, let's go back because oh well, the kickoff to the show us count because we didn't know about that match before on uh, Saturday, so. You picked uh, Kevin Owens, so you were wrong in the first match. I picked uh, Owens as well, and I was wrong. Um, okay, we picked Roman Reigns uh, to face to defeat whoever won the Chamber, so we are right on that one. Who did you pick again uh, for the United States? Lastly. Okay. Uh, I went with Riddle, I believe. Right?
1: Yeah. She was smarty pants. <laughs>
0: okay, so the next one for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Now, I believe we both picked uh, Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler, correct? Yeah. yeah. All right, and uh, they defeated Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. They gave this one nine minutes and 24 seconds.
1: Elio, you're gonna have to review this one on yourself, man. Because if I told you I watched a single fucking minute of this, I'd be lying to you. I, yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, okay. All right. uh, that uh, that, uh, that was a that was a bathroom break match, tailor made. Okay. Uh, this uh, Shayna Baszler looked good. I
0: like her uh, ring gear in this match. Um, of course, uh, they um, they got the win of Lion Jacks. Uh, Sasha Banks took the pin in this match. Um, of course, we saw Reginald come out to, to distract him. Oh, he was, he wanted, for
1: fuck's he, he, sake.
0: He, he comes out with a champagne bottle and he's trying to give it to Sasha to use in the match. You can't use a champagne bottle in a championship match. You need to get disqualified, which I believe uh, they were, that's what they were going for, but
1: I don't know this guy what do you what do you think of this guy well it, you know, but why is he getting more spotlight than Carmilla when you 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 built this character for Carmilla, and now Reginald is getting more uh t v time because no,
0: I, on, Car- me...
1: Carmilla's character isn't working.
0: Well, I'm gonna Google something we're gonna do more on the fly research here because no, I'm saw... just sorry.
1: You're just full of it tonight, my friend.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I found like information on uh, Reginald. Oh, very good. Uh, so, for anyone who wants to, who's been wondering uh, who this Reginald Thomas is, I have five things you need to know about WWE's Somalia Reginald. Now, this is on a uh, sports kida, so whatever. Uh, We know about sports either, but oh god! I just found this interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so number five is. Let me pull this up and see where it actually begins. Number five: the, the this guy is a former circus performer. He actually performed with the Cirque du Soleil. And they actually have um, like uh, twelve um, tweets uh, from his uh, Twitter account.
1: Oh lord, well, that, well, that explains all these flips and shit. <laughs> yep.
0: All right, uh, let's see. Number well, that's number yeah, it's number one. Number five. Number four is the this guy is only twenty eight years old. Well, not,
1: not surprising given how young he looks.
0: The, th- number three, Reginald has a daughter. So he has one daughter. Uh, number four.
1: Uh, well, that's groundbreaking information. <laughs> <and>
0: <laughs> number The number four fact is uh, he grew up in a gang before joining the WWE. And the fifth fact, he was signed to WWE in January of 2020. So he's been down in NXT. They've just been waiting for the, for it was just the timing uh, to bring him up to the main roster. So he he is a wrestler.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm confused mm-hmm. about, about Reginald because I see the talent that he has. He's extremely athletic. So actually the Cirque SOA is, is a cool uh, tidbit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the thing is, why would you have him wrestling the women? It just... One, it makes Carmella look weak, like she can't handle her own business. When, quite frankly, we know she can, because she she had she had quite a good match against um, Sasha Banks on on not one but two occasions. And she's and, also
0: a second generation
1: wrestler. Yeah, not to, not to mention Carmella had her had her um, breakout match against. Uh, Bailey a few years ago, so we know Carmela can go, yep. but, but my, my point being um, is, you know, they built this whole uh, character around Carmella, and now uh, they want to focus on Reginald flirting with uh, Sasha Banks. And, and look, I know I know it's all storyline. Please please don't misunderstand me. But when when they make it a point to mention that that Sasha Banks is married or you no know, Lacey Evans is married and Yeah. Hold on. Okay, so
0: next up we had the second elimination chamber, this was the Raw side, 31 26. We had Drew McIntyre defending his championship against AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, and Sheamus. Drew McIntyre retaining the championship. Afterwards, Bobby Lashley runs out to attack him, and Miz follows and cashes in to become the new champion oh my and, uh, and defeats Drew McIntyre in 30 seconds.
1: Okay, so the, the the last line I was gonna say before we got cut off, um, and then we'll jump right into this. Um, it it I know it's all storyline, but it's just like when I know that these women are, are married, and then and then they're getting into these storylines with with guys like you know like Sasha Banks or uh, Lacey Evans, yeah. uh, you know, teasing, sleeping with a seventy one year old man. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a little much for me. And, and you know, guys, you know I'm not the PC police if you've been rocking with us for a long time now, um, or even a short period of time. Um, but, you know, it's just a little ridiculous. But moving on from one ridiculous thing to another, uh, let's talk about this main event situation.
0: All right. Uh, so yeah, the Miz defeating uh, Drew McIntyre to become the new champion in thirty seconds. Thirty seconds! I cannot believe that.
1: Oh my god. Oh, okay, all right. And and see, this is, this is another situation where I just have to to roll my eyes because this is you had a, a pretty a pretty solid you know Raw main event. I um. I really enjoyed both chambers. I I hold, I don't on, know. hold on.
0: I'll be sorry. Uh, before you go on, I wanna um, I wanna know which one did you enjoy more, though, RAW or SmackDown? SmackDown. Okay. okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. You know. So. So. You have. You only have really four matches going in, plus that. You know that one minute thirty-two uh, second ass flipping by Roman Reigns. So you're all you're you already short-handed, um, and the the women's tag team match didn't need to happen at all. There's no reason for it to happen. Um, so really, you're you're down you're down to three matches that mean something. Now you know you know, you know I
0: think um, one of these. I think uh, that either you know, that. Um. Well, I'm not sure which match. I think one of these matches could have could have even got could have gone longer. They could have added a match because uh, they this one ended early. This show.
1: Well, well, yeah, but that, I mean, they got they got screwed by Lacey Evans' pregnancy announcement. Um, Look, I'm not saying anything negative about the pregnancy because I'm I'm not an asshole. I'm just saying. No, I'm
0: I'm saying I think they could have like replaced, maybe replaced her with someone else against Oscar just in this one.
1: Uh, Yeah, but then it wouldn't have made sense. So I'm just like, you know, don't have the match, but then you also don't have to have um, the women's tag team match because it's the same problem. Okay. So, so they just like flip flopped one with the other. And look, like I said earlier, I'm not... I... Yeah, so the main event... So so here, here's the thing. Like, like I said, uh, both chamber matches were actually pretty solid um, in, in, in and of themselves. Um, which which is obviously what to, what tonight is built around. You know, I don't think a lot of people were expecting much from this from this show by looking at the card beforehand, especially with the cancellation as as we just went into. Um, but, but, here, but here's the, here's here's my biggest problem, okay? Because one, by ending it the way that you did, you are – it's arguable that you're protecting Drew McIntyre because, you know, he, he got screwed out of the title and, he, you know, he can come back and, and get it. Um, and, and, and that's certainly a valid point. I take nothing away from that. Please don't misunderstand me. It's, it's just that this is what happens – when you book yourself into a corner for months and months and months when it comes to the Money in the Bank contract. Because one, let's, let's, let's remember now, because I, I do my homework and I pay attention here, people. So let's go let's go on, on a little brief Money in the Bank uh, history lesson throughout this year. Remember, the pay-per-view was in May, and it wasn't cashed in until February. Okay, that that's that's issue number one. Even though even though again you could you could argue that um, you know elimination chamber is the perfect time to cash it in. That's See, eight months. No, right. Sorry, nine months. So, so so you have you have eight months where you don't cash in the championship. First of all, and then the guy that originally wins the the money in the bank contract was Otis, not the Miz.
0: Okay,
1: yeah. And then he, and then you fuck up that situation with the Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville thing, which had the potential to be cool, but then you fucked it because you you move, you moved. Um, You moved Tucker Knight and Mandy Rose to Monday Night Raw for no reason, leaving Otis to suffer in obscurity with the Alpha Academy, where he. I have a question that
0: has really nothing to do with the show, but I'm gonna ask it. Where is Tucker?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure he's asking the same question about his WWE career. Oh my
0: god. Because <laughs> like, we're, we're always talking about women's so like women's soccer.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that, but that uh, that goes to my point of just a bad storytelling. So so they get to these points and then they stop them because they, they mess themselves up in the draft and they drop the ball with the draft again. But that's a whole another podcast I can do a rant on. Um, but so. So then you you fuck around and you give Otis the money in the bank contract. He's a he's a comedy gimmick, so he, we never really believed in the first place that Otis was gonna cash in and become WWE champion, which is fine, which is fine in and of itself because not everybody that that cashes in money in the bank, um, you know, has to be a champion. It's just that Otis was the wrong choice. So they try to fix that, but then they make another mistake by giving it to the Miz. And the fact that the, the, the Money in the Bank contract was defended in a regular match uh, in and of itself uh, kind of defeats the purpose of the contract because you're taking away from it being special. So that's – I think we've, we, rattled, we rattled off at least three or four different issues – at this point in time, but I'm not done, ladies and gentlemen, because I am a deep analytical thinker when it comes to professional wrestling. It's just—it's a byproduct of having to watch, uh, booking for so long. And and as it happens, we've been suffering through shitty booking through through at least 2008. And that's a, that, that's a long goddamn time, Elio. That's 13 years now. What the hell? <laughs> Um, so, so, so then the Miz gets the money in the bank contract. He loses the money in the bank contract at TLC in a triple threat ladder. match. Who in the hell would cash in their money in the bank situation in a ladder match now, now i i understand that it was a, it was at the end and blah 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 and people were beat up that part i get but it's just logically what, why wouldn't you wait till after the ladder match and do it that way versus inject yourself into the, the ladder match um but, but here's the thing, as apparently people are agreeing with my takes because the screen's going crazy on the other end. Uh, but, but, you know, so long story short, The Miz lost the Money in the Bank contract at uh, TLC, and then they came up with some um, buffoonery to get it back to him because technically – John Morrison cast it in for him, which I don't give a fuck because the the Miz lost the Money of the Bank contract. The bell rang; it was official. He agreed to be in the match, even though he he crawled up the ladder slower than slower than a turtle in the desert. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't understand it. I mean, it's just it was stupid, but it was the Money of the Bank cash it. Regardless of that, he got it back, and now here we are in February, uh, less than two months before the contract expires. So WWE fucks itself over where they they have to do this because, you know, they've had 10 months, and now it's clear that the Miz was never supposed to be in WrestleMania plans but they have to do it now because, you know, they break themselves into a corner which they never should have been in, but it's their own fault because they don't know how to fuck compelling television. And if you disagree with me um, with that, I beg of you to go pay attention uh, to WWE TV since 2008. Like I said, it's been 13 years. And Elio, I think you can agree with me. It's been a long 13 years. Yes, very long. (laughs) It's. It's it's wonder my hair isn't more gray than it already is. I, I look. Ter- I, mean, I can see all the grayness. I I look terrible with gray yeah. hair, and you look like a distinguished gentleman.
0: Well, of course, of course, I look. This, I look the way I look today is the way I look ten years ago. So
1: I never age. What well, neither do I? People, people always think I'm younger than I am. People, people, think I'm like 25 or you know 27, something like that. I'm like, nope, unfortunately not. Uh, but but we digress. So fast running to the end. From from an objective standpoint, uh, you know, Elimination Chamber is a good time to cash in the money in the bank. If this was not his second cash in. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's be honest The ending sucked because nobody wants The Miz as WWE champion And no one actually believes that The Miz Is going to go into Wrestlemania as WWE champion but Well, just well made... actually
0: yeah uh, there, there's one person That actually uh, that, that actually uh, We in not honor uh, The Miz uh, cashing it Who's that? The angry Miz girl <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, she had something to say about Miss or winning. So let's, uh, let's just pull that up and see what she had to say about it. Uh-huh. So here we go. Kaylee, the angry Miss girl, Kaylee, admits that it's a big change I personally think he's one of the best on the roster. I know it's a big change from my opinion 10 years ago, but I love him when he's a heel champion. I think he's got the personality for it down to a T. Oh,
1: God. Okay, whatever. You know, agree agree to disagree. Um, I guess Angry Ms. Grill has a difference of opinion 10 years later. (laughs) uh, Well, yeah. But it's just... Why do we do this to, in, in storytelling and make everything so convoluted? And then it's like, you know, you get yourself to a situation where you have to do something stupid like this to get yourself out of, out of, out of the mud. You know what I mean? It's just kind of... It's just kind of dumb. And then, you know, because, because uh, Drew McIntyre wasn't on Raw then that tells me automatically that the, the Miz is not going to lose um, the, uh, the WWE title uh, next week because, you know, uh, Drew McIntyre is going to come back and cause the, the DQ. Um, and and that's, not, that's not even the question in, in the first place. Why would you make a deal with the devil with Bobby Lashley even if you're the Miz? because he was seen talking to him you know before the chamber so it's like you you have to question the miss's motives if he knew that this is this was what was going to happen before so even then he made the Miz look like even further of an idiot um but um but it's it's just okay so if so let me get this straight because um, I'm tongue cut right now because I'm just trying to sort through WWE's possible logic in my head. I'm trying to do a podcast and think WWE booking at the same time. It can be a strenuous activity, a uh, lethal combination, if you ask me. But, um, but so, okay. So if, if, if Drew does, comes back next week and Lashley does not win the title next week, as he should, because that gives him enough time to build up a storyline going into WrestleMania, then that means presumably that The Miz will still be the champion going into Fastlane, which takes place two weeks before WrestleMania, okay? Okay. And then you expect me to believe that Bobby Lashley is going to be able to build a compelling storyline in two weeks when WWE can't even keep track of what it does on a week-to-week basis. You know, somebody really has to clue me in as to how the fuck WWE thinks that this is good TV because it is God awful. And the, the rating for um, last night's edition of, of Monday Night Raw was below a 2. It was like a 1.85 or something. Ridiculous. Oh, oh. And do you know how ridiculously bad your product has to be for a rating to be that low um, on the road to WrestleMania? We're going to get into it.
0: No. Yeah. No. I'm just saying we're gonna get into it because I, uh, I, you're about
1: to tell us how bad. <laughs> oh yes, because I, yeah. I have Monday Night Raw. So actually, this, this is perfect. Let me just, uh, let me just pull this up. So that's, uh, that's why I didn't cut you off. I was just uh,
0: leading. I was just uh, like giving you a lead-in.
1: Yeah, well, that, and that was very well executed because it, it does indeed, ladies and gentlemen, feed into uh, my exact point for Monday Night Raw, um, exactly what we were just talking about. So pretty much the only compelling thing about Monday Night Raw With was... No it, thing. <laughs> uh, well, well I'm, I'm being generous. I'm giving them one compelling point. All right. Out of, out of three hours and it, it was it was a struggle but was playing the rest of the show sucked so just hold on to this positive nugget till next week until I have to find another one all right um so the Miz comes out and obviously they're having a celebration he's the champion he puts over the fact that he's the first ever two time. Grand Slam champion, which in and of itself makes me sick because he's not worthy of that. I'm sorry. Um, but then shortly after that, um, here comes The Miz and he wants to cash in on the on the deal that he made with The Miz last night during the chamber. So you mean uh, The Miz made the deal
0: he made with Bobby Lashley? He can't yeah. make a deal with himself. You said he made a deal with The Miz. my my bad my bad
1: yes but here comes Bobby Lashley to to, you know to cash in pretty much um and uh he said he said you know if I help if I help you win the championship which I did you agreed to uh you know give Lashley the uh the first uh title opportunity This coming from from MVP uh, and uh, The Miz backtracks faster than Michael Jackson moonwalking. Um, okay. it, 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 it was just really funny. Um, but really, that is, um, that's the only compelling storyline of the evening was The Miz trying to worm his way out of this situation and get himself more time. Well, somehow he managed to get himself a week, which again feeds into the point that I just made. If um, if Lashley does not win the championship next week, as I suspect he won't, for the reason that for the reason I just laid out, then presumably he won't have a championship match until Fastlane, which is two weeks before WrestleMania. And I don't think you can build a compelling WrestleMania situation uh, when you just crowned another champ, uh, a new WWE champion two weeks beforehand. I don't think that makes for good television. So I think they're setting themselves up for a, for a fail. Uh, and then the rest of this uh, situa- situation for Monday Night Raw absolutely sucked. Now, you know, I know, that, I know that you only have to suffer through a half hour of Monday Night Raw, which is why I typically do the Monday Night Raw reviews on this show, because you're lucky enough to have to prepare for another podcast on Monday nights. Well, let me let me just save you some aggravation. Okay? Don't go back and watch this show because you haven't missed a fucking thing. Oh, okay. All right. Actually, Actually, if you want to even make that argument, you haven't missed a fucking thing in eight weeks because all this was was an, was an entire evening of matches that we've seen for the entirety of 2020. Oh, hold and on, hold on, hold on! Before we go on, um,
0: the Miss TV, where do you give it uh, on a letter grade? A D. Okay. In front of me here, I have an A minus.
1: Oh fuck off! <laughs> <all. laughs> Oh god, wow. Oh. <laughs> was this was this pleasure report?
0: That's what I love to do because I just like again just see your reaction.
1: What the fu- Your fuck? reaction's hilarious. I I almost had butted the camera. Oh damn. Is that like the same as Kevin Owens headbutted the chamber? Yeah, I mean, I mean ladies and gentlemen, uh since but, and by the way, this feeds into a good uh, to a good plug. Um, you know, usually um, you're not able to see us because Anchor is a non-visual platform and, and we upload the audio file to the site and hence why we have this podcast. Uh, uh, recently, though, we have begun to um, to move over to YouTube as well as all of our audio platforms and you can find us on youtube now simply by searching pnc progression wrestling podcast just as it appears typed on the main page by which you're accessing us um so uh we would we would definitely appreciate your patronage over there as well um, and you can, you can see just how handsome and how intelligent we are when we're talking wrestling, even though our faces get awfully angry and pissed off.
0: Well, um, yours is more
1: than mine. Yeah, yeah mine. Yeah, thanks for pointing out the obvious there, Kevin. Thank you very much. Um, but, but, but the thing is, the rest of this of this show was completely and entirely irrelevant irrelevant because okay, should, should we go through some low lights just for shits and giggles or do you want to just skip the rest of it cuz i'm i'm good either way Uh, We can just do the lowlights if you want because I I don't think because you
0: you already sound like there are no highlights.
1: No. no, no, no. (laughs) Go ahead. Where are the lowlights? So then Braun Strowman the locomotive of lowlights Wait, what? Uh, yes, I said Braun and the, the locomotive of
0: lowlights. Oh, that's your okay. Uh, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the locomotive? I'm uh, like, I, I hope he's not calling himself the locomotive now.
1: No, no but, but his, his, his entrance has his face on a freight train. Oh my god, it stopped. <laughs> because in case you didn't know, Elio, he runs really fast. I don't care. That's that's pretty much his only skill as a uh, as a professional wrestler because he sucks. Um, I'm sorry. Am I being too harsh or can we call that a PNC exclusive?
0: PNC exclusive.
1: (laughs) Braun Strowman sucks. (laughs) Okay. Um, so anyway, speaking of Braun Strowman sucking, um, he comes out and confronts uh, Adam Pearce uh, and Shane McMahon because Shane McMahon is here for what reason? I don't know. Again, he was there. Uh, yeah. Well, this time he gets into a verbal confrontation with uh, with Braun. Um, and, and Braun wants to wants to once again re- remind him that he is a former Universal Champion. You know, do you, do you remember just the just the other evening, Elio, where I was complaining because it appears that Matt Hardy cannot read professional wrestling contracts? Yeah. Well, I have to complain because it appears that Braun Strowman can't read the English language. Because once again Braun Strowman had to be reminded by Shane McMahon that the WWE Championship is not the WWE Universal Champion or Championship because Braun Strowman has never won the WWE Championship, hence why he was never in the elimination chamber, which well, was did, did, it, did he
0: say he won the
1: WWE championship? No no he said he should have been in the chamber because he's a former Universal champion. It doesn't matter that's universal you know the WWE never we were never WWE champion. Well and and that's the point that he that he doesn't seem to understand just oh, like God. Oh
0: God this...
1: <laughs> this is why Ben hates you. Yes. God. I just, you know, how many times not only does Shane McMahon explain it numerous times, but so so does so does Adam Pierce. Yeah, this this whole thing has been explained to Braun numerous times. He says they said the reason you're not in the WWE Championship Illumination Chamber is because you're not a former WWE champion. How hard is that to fucking understand? It doesn't matter. I was a champion. Uh, it apparent, apparently, it is it is as difficult as a kindergartner attempting to solve the Rubik's Cube. Stop. Uh. Shut, shut uh. up, Braun Strowman. Now, with with that, with that line of thinking, what was originally called a, a, a low light could be considered a high light depending on Depending on how, how you look at this, but it, okay. you know, but I'm so good at lead-ins, it could go either way, and the, and the, and the viewer can make their own decision. <laughs> so, Lashley uh, destroys Braun in singles competition, uh, and the stipulation for this was if if Braun was able to pin. Bobby Lashley, then he would join the WWE championship match scheduled for next week, and it would be a triple threat between Sterling, Lashley, and The Miz. And then Just
0: stop. I've never liked triple threat matches.
1: Go on, if Lashley won what? And then if Lashley won, then it would stay a singles match. So, obviously, The Miz looks scared shitless in this situation, but he, he needn't have Because he doesn't have to deal with Braun Strowman next week, which means I don't have to deal with Braun Strowman next week, which means that Bobby Lashley is the national hero in my life for the foreseeable future. See that? And,
0: sh- and not too long ago, uh, you were feeling with him over his butt flex <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: did I leave you an lovely memory? Yes, the, the disturbing imagery of a man's ass is now in my head. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, only here on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast.
0: Uh,
1: Goddamn! So but, I guess... Uh, oh, go yeah, on. That, that was the only thing that I can think of that would be a a, a good thing to mention. And. Uh, one more little white, and then we're going to move on, because I, I can't take more of this. Actually I, actually, I have to mention two. I'm sorry. Okay. One, how ridiculous was it of, well, you didn't see this, but this is why I say don't go back and watch this. Um, Orton was cutting a promo uh, sur- surrounding The Fiend and Alexa Blitz. And right in the middle of it, it would appear that Alexa hexed him because now he is coughing up this black liquid. Oh, sure, you serious? Yes, and and I sh- I shit you not, Elio, because of that, Papa Shango was trending on Twitter last night. Oh, Devin, you know why that is?
0: I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure
1: you've seen that, right? Have you seen yeah. it? Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I ha- I have. Mm-hmm. And then the other the other low light, and I I, I hate to mention this, but... Wait, it, it, why would you put that as a low light? Anything Alexa man, Bliss is doing, I, I love what Alexa Bliss is doing. No, 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 I, Alexa Bliss is not the low light. What happens in the next match is... Oh, what happens in the next match? Can you go on? Yes. So it's Charlotte Flair and Oscar versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Oh no! And there was there was a spot where um, uh, Oscar was in a hold, um, courtesy of uh, courtesy of Nia, and, sh- and Shayna just comes up and soccer kicks. Um, Oscar right in the face! Oh, and, damn! And, and you could tell immediately that even Shana knew she fucked up because she immediately goes down and checks on Oscar. Oh, but wow! You can you can literally see her see the tooth come out of Oscar's mouth. Uh, I mean that was that, that oh. was a little that was a little too stiff there, Shana. Wow. Uh, but you know, it's it's just ridiculous. But um, and then you know the little lights just keep coming because the next match after this was Naomi and Lana. Well, well, actually, uh, Seamus and Je- and Jeff Hardy were after this, but then after that it was. Oh,
0: stop! Yeah, I'm
1: done with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, we're we're just gonna skip that, and then uh. And then we have another crying, um, crying session between Charlotte Flair and Rick. I don't, I don't care. Th- this whole storyline makes even less sense after oh, this pro- promo. Well,
0: I saw this on um, on Instagram. Was Rick Flair crying? Was he doing the uh, crying thing again? Yes. Oh my! Just stop. go away. I'm <laughs> done with you two. Fuck. Fuck. that's it. <laughs>
1: yes, I finally have gotten Elio to drop more F-bombs on a podcast than I have dropped. This is, this is, this is a hallmark moment in the history of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> if you go back from the beginning of this podcast to now, Elio has dropped more F-bombs than I have. Horrendous. well because we we had to we
0: had to watch ourselves in the beginning you know but uh, then after we started getting further into this um, podcast uh
1: think we can uh, well the shit just rolls downhill and it yep. is it, we are almost at the 10 o'clock hour so the sensors are about to call on and tell us to take it off um Oh, wait a minute. We we are the censors because we own this motherfucker. <laughs> okay, so the censors are off. All right. <clears throat> Next up, we had Naomi and Lana versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Kill me now. Kill me, kill me, kill me. I don't know. I just like this
0: team. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. I just like them. I don't know. I like them. I don't, don't like this match. Why? I don't like the match. Why? I just, I just like that I don't know <laughs> Yummy <laughs> 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 While <What? laughs> <laughs> well, my clothes think the connection fit <laughs> We do Okay Right Okay <laughs> We'll be right back
1: Oh, God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I I have to deeply apologize. I was I was I was in the midst of, of having. Oh, a... I I let them know that you were having a conniption fit. Right. So, so the reason why I was originally having a conniption fit was because Elio had said that he enjoyed Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, and I and. Foolishly, I thought he he was referring to the match. Well, then, then I don't know if you heard him say the word yummy. Well, at, well, at, at, that, at that point, ladies and gentlemen, I, I fell over my desk. And ladies and gentlemen, I literally had tears in my eyes. That was tremendous. Well played, sir. You got me to cry during our own own podcast. Damn. That that was a first. Good God. (laughs) I, I, I usually have to resist the urge to cry during Monday Night Raw, but you got me to cry in happiness. Um... Right here live on the PMC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Congratulations, sir. Oh,
2: man. Okay, so,
1: uh, so is there more for our... No, that's it. I don't, I don't think my stomach can take anymore. more. Okay, when well, you say we move on to a Ben's Homework Corner.
0: Very good. And uh, this week uh, I gave you quite a show to watch. From October 17th of 1983
1: now, uh, you said you told me that you couldn't watch the whole show? No, because the the audio feed on the YouTube uh, version of it was terrible. Oh, really? They Yeah, the feedback was just very um, auditorily unpleasant. Oh! Uh- so um i so i went um i went back and watched the uh the main event of Morocco versus was, Morocco it, from, was
0: it for was it for like a lot of the show or
1: oh it was the entire thing i couldn't even though, even that match Well, yeah but I, I went and i found um i found another version of, of that match on youtube maybe now,
0: maybe because i had with the rolling uh, Turned low because it was late at night when I was watching it, so that's why I didn't notice.
1: But anyway, <clears throat> no, I I went and I found the match by itself on YouTube. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna run over the rest of the show, and then uh,
0: we'll we'll do that. We'll do that is the main event, which that should have been the main event because I don't know why it wasn't.
1: Yeah, they they I, I've noticed that in a lot of these retro shows that we do, um, you know, this is, then now uh, this is our our first couple of weeks of been somewhere corner, but you, you'll you'll notice um, that we've done a lot of uh, trips with the DeLorean uh, with retro reviews and ones coming up right after this. So have no fear if you're a Back to the Future fan because we are going back into the DeLorean, um, but. Um, a lot of these old school shows they don't have main events that make sense because what you would think would be the main event is not the main event and it's just odd and so
0: let me uh start with our first match we had tony guerrilla defeating Rene Goulet. they gave this 12 33 then we had tiger chung lee defeating sd jones and yeah. they- Minutes and forty one seconds.
1: I saw those first two matches. Okay, oh, so we should
0: get these first two.
1: I I liked um I liked the first one. Um Tony Grey and Renee Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one that one was was pretty good. Um the second one, not so much. Then we had
0: Sergeant Slaughter defeating Ivan Putsky by disqualification. They gave this ten minutes and twenty nine seconds.
1: That's a long match for it uh, for Sergeant Slaughter. Was it point. funny
0: to see Sergeant Slaughter, a young Sergeant Slaughter? Because I I I'd never seen him uh, before he rejoined
1: the WWE. Yeah, a, a lot of this was very off-putting because you know um, as we'll get into when we go back to um, Super Brawl, seeing a young Harley race was a trip. Or a a much younger Harley race, I should say.
0: Then we had Iron Mike Sharp versus Hugo Santana ended in a time limit draw. This went uh, on even 20 minutes.
1: Uh, And, uh, you know, I had looked at the card before I watched the show, so I knew what was coming. And even though I started having audio issues after the second match, um, I must say, I was very surprised to, to see that this had like, gone to the time limit draw, because the way that I had always understood it was that Iron Mike Sharp was like the jobber of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the big names in the
0: 80s, yep, from, so, from he legs, like an hour away
1: from where I live. Well, aren't you just full of wrestling knowledge, ladies, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, he is can- Canadian! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I was just informed that Mr. Elio Canella has a very pressing appointment tomorrow and that he will be talking to and and helping Kevin Sullivan of all people uh, with a a technological problem and that is is the Dungeon Master himself Kevin Sullivan. So Elio has all kinds of connections right here. And then we have the mask superstar.
0: Now, I asked you, did you recognize who this is?
1: I, be- I believe so. Who is it? Um, you know, at, at first I thought it was it was the now, masked no googling. What? No googling. No, no, no! I'm saying at first I thought it was a masked assassin, but no, it, it wasn't. Um, so who's under the mask? I I don't know. Okay, this was
0: Demolition Axe defeating Bob Backlund in a WWF Championship match by countout.
1: Aha! That's-
0: Demolition Axe versus in a WWF World Championship match.
1: That, that's funny. <laughs> that, that's one for trivia.
0: And then we had Mike Graham defeating Bob Bradley. Rocky Johnson defeats Samula, Samula in a minute and 48 seconds. Then we have the Invaders defeating Butcher Vashon and Israel Matia. And of course, we have Andre the Giant defeating Sika. Did you see the way Andre manhandled Sika? Oh, you're muted.
1: You're muted. <laughs> what how the? You, how, how dare you mute me? I didn't mute. No, I didn't do anything. I didn't mute you. You, you son of a bitch. Uh, OK, just put the blame on me then. Okay.
0: I didn't yeah. mute you. My mouse is right here on my screen, right here on my uh, box. Uh, no, it's it's okay.
1: I'm just I'm just uh,
0: so, so, No, wait, so which thing of Andre trying manhandling Sika, or did you see that one? I did not see that one. Oh, oh I know, yeah, I know, because the audio, but oh he just he totally man like okay, Andre okay, this is Andre. Watch my hands. You have Andre and you have Sika. Andre just grabbed Sika's trunks. Head by limb. Sika falls in the match. Andre grabs him by the trunks, pulls him back up, and headbutts him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my jeez. <laughs> oh uh, uh, but now we're going to get to the match that you did see. Don Morocco versus Jimmy Superfly Suka for the Intercontinental Championship inside of a steel cage. They gave this match six minutes and 46 seconds.
1: Morocco retaining the title really so I was really surprised first of all that the match was so short because like this is a this is a really famous match. Now before I get into uh, before I get into the actual match um, let me just say that the pre match promo um, beforehand was absolutely um, awesome by uh by snooker. Let
0: me tell you something, Tom Morocco. I'm going to beat you,
1: brother. Uh, yeah, but um, I mean, okay, just I need... guess that wasn't the best snooker impression. Uh, no. no. Uh, keep 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 that to the professionals. <laughs> Can you yeah. do a snooker impression? No, but hence I'm not yeah. trying one. All right, sir. Whatever. So anyway, before that it was disturbing enough. <laughs> shut Jesus Christ! <up>. <laughs> um, oh shit! What the hell? No, but okay. the, like the promo was very, very yeah. good. Okay. Um, I and it, it was it was very trippy to see Vincent Man that young. Like wow. Um. Because this was, this was just a year after he took over the WWF from his dad. Um, but talking about the match itself, uh, going back and, and before the iconic moment of uh, Snucker jumping off the cage, I was actually kind of disappointed by the match. One, because of, it, of its length. But two, I... Um, it just seemed like really, really, uh, different from what I'm used to saying. And then I, I have to, I had to like adjust my thought process because it was like a different time, but then like, by the time I adjusted my thought process, it was just like, um, Superfly lost the match because he drop kicked, um, Morocco through the cage through the cage door.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give you my thoughts. Now are you are you done or is there more?
1: Yeah, more. Um what wait, yeah, so it's like okay, go on. I had heard that the cage match was a big deal, but it was really like what happened after the cage match that was so famous about it. Like the actual match didn't mean a damn thing. It was it was the it was the after match melee. And actually I thought that um, I thought like because
0: every time they showed that one on television, I always thought that was like part of the match that that took place during the match. I didn't realize it took place after the match. Yeah, yeah I, always and I and I, and I, and I, and I, and, uh, and because of that, I thought I always thought like okay, so Snuka won, but then i watched watching the match; he just headbutts Morocco. And Morocco goes flying against Turnbuckle, and he goes flying out the cage door. So he, headbutting Morocco, he helped Morocco, he gave Morocco the win.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean... That
0: was weird.
1: I, that was weird. Oh, yeah, did I, did I say, did I say... Uh, well, he might as well have drop-kicked him. It would have been the same thing. Yeah, but they, um Okay, so it was a headbutt. I got confused because it was like, it was literally the ref outside the ring opened the door, yeah. and by the, t- by the time I'm trying to figure out why the ref opened the door, nope. here comes uh, Morocco flying through the, through the thing. That's why I said it might as well have been the
0: same thing, either a headbutt or a rocky yeah, Morocco went flying out the door and winning the match.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, no, obviously we we we've, we've seen a similar spots before, but just for a, for a match to be that iconic to end that way it was kind of a buzzkill.
0: Yeah, cause I always for years I always thought okay, so Mar- uh, was uh, Intercontinental Champion and here, he won a match, but I guess we were wrong.
1: Just goes to show you, watch the watch the thing.
0: Yep. All right, so from one classic pay-per-view, we're going to move on to another one. We are going to fire up the De- De- DeLorean. Ben, we are going back to February 21st, 1993
1: for Super Bowl three. Absolutely.
0: Now, uh, you said you, you, I think, I believe you told me you had never seen this one, or did you?
1: No, I had not <laughs>
0: You yeah, had never seen this now. Did you do what I told you? Did you go back and watch that that Way Castle of Fear Vignette?
1: Yes. Oh, uh, what you think? So I, I get what you're saying that it was so bad it was good. Um and I actually um after I watched the um the like the mini movie itself. Yeah. I went and I looked up uh, a a segment from Eric Bischoff's 83 Weeks podcast, where he was talking about it, and um, he said like he understood why they tried to do it, but like it was a it was a massive flop because they tried to make it look Hollywood, but it didn't really it really didn't fit. And and so, of course, I, I I heard this after um after the fact of watching the promo itself, and um and I, I couldn't the entire time as as they as um Vader and Sting are having this conversation in this cave um mm-hmm. the, the, it was like this cave in the mountain face. Yeah, um, and, uh, but the entire time, I'm either, I'm either looking at the, at the women, which to WCW's credit, these women were a lot more attractive than the Miss NWO. <laughs> um, so. Jeez. Well, yeah, that's not exactly a high bar, but I'm here to tell you they were much better. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to our, uh, Go back a few episodes, and in the description, you'll see that we talk about the uh, 1997 NWO sold out.
0: Yeah, listen to our show. Don't don't go watch actual pay per view because that sucked.
1: Yeah, just let us help you out and go back and, and watch that or listen to that show. Um, but so not exactly a high bar they had to pass with the women there, but they definitely did much much better so between between that and that, and then after that I got distracted by the little person so, <laughs> oh yes um, so this uh, this promo was very interesting but then but then as you as you're watching the match and, and you realize it's a strap match the the promo AKA the mini movie that they put so much emphasis on throughout the show. Kinda didn't make sense. Didn't make any sense going on with the match because it didn't tie into the match at all. The promo was leading up to the match, but the you know but from the way that they made the promo, look you would have thought the match would have taken place in this White Castle of Fear, aka this mountain face. You know, but it
0: which just were, which would have been cool.
1: Yeah. It w- plus, it would have made a lot, a lot more sense. Uh, Ooh, being cinematic a, match before cinematic matches existed. Well, that would have been cool because I think if you take the, especially given the fact, I mean, we can kind of laugh at it now and say, "Oh my God, that was comically bad." Which a lot of things from the '90s now we could go back and. Like cultural fat and stuff like that, you could say, oh, okay, that was that was not good. Um, but for it being 1993, that was a that was a big deal um, back in the day. And um, I I don't know the 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 match itself was very very good. It was it was a good wrestling match, um, but it just didn't fit with the um, with the promo.
0: Okay, so let's uh, take a look at this card. First match on first match of the night, we had the Hollywood Blondes, Brian Pillman. You're one of your favorites, and Steve Austin defeating a rather odd team because Eric Watts and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Because I'm so used to seeing Bagwell teamed up with Scotty Riggs.
1: Well, originally that's what I thought it was before they said Eric Watts. You know, I—I yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I had very rarely seen a show from 1993, so I thought—I yeah. thought maybe that was a young Scotty Riggs, but no, it was um, Eric Watts, the son of uh, Bill Watts.
0: Yep. Then we had two cold Scorpio defeating he who shall not be named.
1: And you know what? About that match, really fast. It is really sad that we we don't mention him him in that context anymore. And you guys have to understand, some podcasts are comfortable doing that. Yeah. But me, just personally, I have a hard time watching matches involving uh, dead wrestlers who I really love, Eddie Guerrero being one of them, but uh, but just get – but especially given the circumstances of what happened in in this case, Mm -hmm. um, I just have a real hard time And for this match in particular. Um, it was very challenging because even, even though it was so early in, uh, in two gold Scorpios and, you know, who shall be remain nameless. Um, careers, this was a fantastic match. Um, arguably, I thought it might have been the match of the night, to tell you the truth, because it was so technical, um, in nature, which which you would expect from these two. Um, I don't, I don't know about you, Elio. I don't know what your thoughts are on uh, Two Cold Scorpio, but I always thought that he was like. Criminally underrated.
0: Uh, I was fine with him. Um, I, I liked uh, his uh, WCW better than the WBF run with its so all flash funk and stuff. Yeah, I just uh, yeah. didn't care for the flash funk uh, one. I prefer well, WCW two called Scorpio
1: or like ECW two gold. Um.
0: Well, ECW I, uh, back de- back then in the ninety three. We didn't really get ECW here. We didn't start getting it until '99.
1: Well, the current, the current, um, the ECW that I'm talking about was after this WCW run. So, oh, Um, yeah,
0: even then we weren't getting it up here.
1: Yeah, but if you go back, like I I think, I think one of the matches is even on one of the old uh, ECW DVDs. There's this match between. I believe it's too cold and Eddie in Eddie in Guerrero. Oh my God, it was good. But yeah, this this match for me was the match of the night because it was it was like a technical masterpiece and the way that they that, that they executed the ending, uh, you know, because it was a it was a twenty minute uh, it was a twenty minute time limit match, um, and the way that. The pin was executed with exactly uh, three seconds to go, and it, there wasn't a botch with the bell. It, it was just like really smooth. So if you haven't, if you haven't seen that match, um, I uh, I guarantee you should go take a look at it uh, from a from a pure wrestling perspective because I thoroughly enjoyed that.
0: Then we had Davy Boy Smith defeating Bill Irwin. Now Ben. You know who Bill Irwin is?
1: Yes, the goon. The goon.
0: <laughs> what a what a character that was! I, I, oh my! But have you have you have you, have you seen him like wrestle as a goon? I mean, outside of the the gimmick battle royal, like in in, in just yes. regular on regular WWF television. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ah. Oh. He was, but before that, he was in the AWA as well.
1: Right, and I, I looked him up, uh, and apparently, apparently he retired in, I want to say 2003. Oh, okay. So, shortly after
0: uh, WrestleMania 17.
1: Yeah, like the next year. Yep. But, but then again, he did, you know, debut in like 1987. I mean, so not everybody has the career of, of Ric Flair where it's just ridiculously long.
0: Next, we had Cactus Jack defeating Paul Orndorff in a Falls Count Anywhere match.
1: I was, you know, I was kind of impressed. Uh, be, one, because I've always been a Mick Foley guy. You yep. know? Um, but two, but two. I, to be honest with you, um, I had never really seen Paul Orndorff uh, before, like very sporadically. Um, but I was, I was impressed. I didn't realize he was that good.
0: Yeah, he was really good in the eighties, too. Like around the, like around the time that we show that you I gave you to watch last week, were settled so score around that time. Eighty-five, eighty-six. he was really
1: good. Yeah, and then apparently um, like right before uh, this show or around that time, he had, um, he had gotten into a car accident, so this was uh, this was around the time that he returned from that, and even after the car accident he was still really good.
0: Then we had the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Championships the Rock and Roll Express defeating the Heavenly Bodies, Stan Lane and Tom Fritchard, who were the champions going into this match, but they defeated them by disqualification.
1: I, I really enjoyed this match. I did. That was like classic tag team wrestling.
0: Something we don't see anymore.
1: Damn it. Yeah, I think I think, you know, I think AEW tries to give it to us and. And they certainly do a much better job with it than WWE. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, tag team wrestling is something that needs to be rejuvenated because the way that WWE has killed it is criminal in its nature.
0: For the United States Championship, champion Dustin Rhodes defeats Max Payne. By its qualification, do you recognize Max Payne?
1: uh no i didn't
0: who was he he was in the wbf as well he was in, he was called man mountain rock
1: yeah i, I don't even recognize man mountain rock so
0: <laughs> yeah that's how that's how memorable he was, <laughs> uh, he, was yeah. he, he hailed from the
1: state of euphoria <laughs> well the way you played the national anthem i was yeah i was just like a Okay, what's this guy doing? That sent me. That's it. That was his like, gimmick.
0: He was like a heavy metal. Uh, I don't know,
1: like Nikki st- Six Wannabe or
0: something. <laughs> and, uh, when, and like when you think of the state of euphoria, everyone—I'm sure everyone knows what euphoria is.
1: Yeah, he, you're clearly high on something. But like, but yeah, but
0: at that time, like it's really like I oh, state before, you what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what
1: the where, hell? where where is that located? Oh, it's it's over in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Then we
0: had the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Barry Wyndham defeating the Great Moon to become the new champion.
1: Um, what did you think of this Matt? Have you seen this?
0: This one I thought it was a good match. Um, Great Muda is still going today.
1: I I, I know it, it's like really... okay.
0: Um, we were speaking, we were talking about this uh, last week's show. The Great Muda on my other show. I was looking it up on Profightdb. and I'm gonna go there right now. The yeah. Great Muda is. Let me see. So, the great Muda is the NOAA Japan World Heavyweight
1: Champion. And how old is he?
0: He is... Well, I'm going I'm to do that right now. He was born in 1962.
1: Oh, he so he's up there.
0: So he's like 62, 72, something like that.
1: No, well, well no, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be that no, long. No, he's because... like
0: 60 or 70.
1: My, well, my my dad was born in uh, 1955, and he's 65, so. So.
0: Yeah, he's like 59, around there. Not bad. Very good. <laughs> but still going. And uh, he's got the shaved head. He's got the... I don't think he wears the mask anymore. Last time I saw him, he wasn't wearing a mask. But then uh, in uh, he was in the ROH uh, thing, uh... Yeah, he wasn't wearing the mask last time we saw him that I remember.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm just looking him up myself while we're talking because uh, now I'm curious. Yeah, you've seen
0: me as a shaved head. He wears this long white uh, fur coat.
1: Yeah, I, I did see that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's 58. 58,
0: 59,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Well, good for him if he's still going.
0: Better than Ric Flair. That guy's still, I don't know. Ugh,
1: just... Well, you know, and, and look, it's it, it just, Ric Flair is the legend that everybody says he is. There's no, there's no arguing that. I think, I think the only, the only one that you could argue was better was Shawn Michaels. But in in, in my book, there is no Shawn Michaels if there's no Ric Flair. Like Ric Flair, I mean, like Shawn Michaels was better athletically. I think, um, and I think that's why people give him credit for being like, a better wrestler, but, like, in turn, I, I'll always give the nod to Rick Flair because, like, my, just my approach with, like, the attitude of Ric Flair and, like, the presentation combined with the uh, in-ring uh, stuff, I mean, nobody was presented the way he was before Rick Flair. I mean, there was only one, so... For that reason, I'll, I'll always give the greatest of all time to Ric Flair. Okay. Now, people people can say what they want about his later career. Like, you know, he held on too long, which I do think is the case. And, you know, his TNA run was... But, oh, my God. I love that promo he did with Jerry oh. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's one of my favorite promos ever. Oh. Outside of... Oh, shit. Outside of that, the TNA run was a disaster.
0: Oh my God. That was hilarious at a throw- I was like, what is going on?
1: Yeah, I actually, um, when I, uh, I think when I met uh, Jay Lethal, I bought that up with him.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, that brings us to our main event the White Castle of Fear Leather Strap match. Big Van Vader defeating Sting.
1: Oh, only because because while Sting was trying to escape from you know from the fourth corner, he uh, he 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 kicked uh, Vader into the fourth corner, thereby giving him the win. Oh, so so I don't know I don't know like that just seemed to be a theme with my. With my homework for uh, this week. I was, I gonna, just
0: about, I was just about to say this is the second match where one guy helped uh, his opponent win the match
1: yeah so I mean that was a little weird but um I mean it just in terms of it being a, a coincidence but um, yeah I I like this match and you know I um, I'm not as familiar with like a young sting because of my age mm-hmm. but it was um it's always cool to go back and and check out other things because to me he's one of the best baby faces of all time the only person that i think in terms of a of a baby face that's comparable to uh to sting would be ricky ricky steamboat all
0: right so what did you think of this pay-per-view
1: well, the three matches that I mentioned really made the pay-per-view. Uh, and the rest of that was just there. Yeah, I I, I mean, I was disappointed in the Hollywood Blondes match. I would have expected that to be better, but maybe that had something to do with uh, Bagwell being so young and Watts really not being that good.
0: Watts was never really that good. I wasn't a fan, even when he was in the WWE you remember Techno Team Two Thousand? Yeah. Holy. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. So. Oh my God. Before we close out the show, I've got some Braun Strowman trivia. How well do you know your enemy, Ben?
1: Uh, uh, apparently, already I know him too well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well. Well, let's see. I've got eight questions here in front of me. This is just a way to close out the show for the week.
1: Oh, joy.
0: All right. So, are you ready? Yeah. Question number one. Braun Strowman's first pay-per-view match was at SummerSlam, Night of Champions, TLC, or Royal Rumble?
1: I want to say it was Night of Champions. Correct.
0: He has... How many Survivor Series eliminations? Seven, eight, nine, or ten?
1: Oh, God. I want to say eight. Nine. Oh.
0: Which of the following has he not competed in? Ambulance match, last Man standing match, wide Swamp Fight or Stretcher Match?
1: Stretcher Match.
0: Correct. Now, what was his first championship in WWE Tag Team Championship? Intercontinental, Universal, or WWE Championship?
1: Well, as we've established, he's never been WWE Champion. <laughs> um... <clears throat> It, it was, I believe, it was. Um, this is his first now. Remember, so it, it, I'm trying to think. Well, logically, it would have had to move the. Well, it, no, it would have had to be the Intercontinental Championship because I remember them saying that was his first major championship.
0: The Raw Tag Team Championship.
1: Well, I mean that makes sense, but I just remember them saying that the Intercontinental Championship was his first major one. So.
0: Who was the first to pin Strowman? Sami Zayn, Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, or Roman Reigns?
1: I think it was Brock.
0: Roman Reigns.
1: Okay. Did you see how little I care about? <laughs> I see this.
0: <laughs> He's won all like, all of the following except Money in the Bank, United States Championship, Universal, Honorary Time Memorial Battle Royal.
1: The U.S. title.
0: Correct. He had how many nominations at the Greatest Royal Rumble? Seven, ten. 13, 14. I know you didn't watch this one.
1: No, I I would have no idea because I didn't watch it.
0: Okay, right, take a guess. If you, if you had to take a guess, what would you pick? Um, seven.
2: 13. Oh, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he has...
0: Team- he has teamed with all of the following except the Miz, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, or Chinder Mahal.
1: The Miz. Randy Orton. Oh, you mother! You motherfuckers! motherfuckers.
0: When did he ever team up with
1: the Miz or
0: Chinder Mahal?
1: I I know that's my question. What? Uh, see see how irrelevant Braun Strowman is.
0: And uh, you know what? Were you keeping score there? I think I got like three. A three out of eight, that's how much I got, because I don't care.
2: <laughs>
0: wow. All right, so, um, Ben, we see we close on the show.
1: Yes, and then, and then don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, in addition to our returning to our regular coverage, um, we also have. The first ever NXT um, pay-per-view, NXT arrival, and then we also have uh, Starcade '85 if we can find it. '85,
0: '83, oh '83, yeah. Not up to '85 yet. I, I want to watch that one. I want to, um, but I. There is one match. Uh, you know what? You don't have to watch this. I'm just gonna throw this out there if you if you find time to just sit down and watch it. it it's on YouTube. Um, it's uh Terry Funk versus Jerry Lawler in an empty arena match from 1981. Oh, just yeah. oh. just just if you have time, like uh, what between now and Saturday, if you want to if you have time to watch it, uh, that's just I'm gonna throw that out there.
1: Okay, cool. I will. Uh, so, since, thought, so
0: don't don't make don't think that's part of your homework. that's just an uh, uh, extra thing I just wanted to throw out because I, I watched it uh, and I thought it was a really great match. okay yeah um,
1: send me the send me send me that match so I, I just, just the names of them so I can just remember just add it to my notes.
0: Okay, well you have Star d 3 and you have um, NXT arrival already.
1: Yeah, so if I get to that, I will for sure.
0: I have a the next one after 83 is another Stargate that's for next week.
1: Which one's that?
0: Stargate 86, and there are there's um, yeah, there's two matches on there that uh, two highlight matches. Cool, which let me tell you that right now they are. Road Warriors versus the Midnight Express in a Skywalkers match. Then the Rock and Roll Express versus the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. And the main event is Ric Flair versus Nikita Koloff.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, that, that, that's
0: not, not this Saturday, but the following. That's your homework. Okay.
1: So, uh, actually, that's less work than I have to do this week. Yeah. <laughs> um but no worries man i got you and i think it i think it adds an interesting dimension to the shows yeah so i'm very uh i'm very excited about this ben's homework corner segment we hope you like it too and uh never fear ladies and gentlemen because as i said we will return to our normal coverage we've had so many pay-per-views thank god i hope i hope revolution is better jesus that thing's um, placed next Saturday night, actually. I'm,
2: oh, I'm,
0: well, no, I no, no, next, next Sunday. My bad, my bad. I mean, yeah, we used to AW on a Saturday night. That's why, that's why I I, I almost uh, was like, wait a minute, we can't be on here next Saturday.
1: No, we can't, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah,
0: that, that's why I stopped myself. I'm like, wait, wait, it's the seventh is on a Sunday.
1: That's right. So we'll, in two weeks time we'll get you the um we we'll get to the AEW predictions and stuff like that and uh, you yep. got pl- you got plenty to look forward to as do I on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next week and I'll try not to get myself into a laughing fit so hard that I cry.
0: <laughs> that was something too weird. <laughs>
2: Buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over